Hello, this is the Fightback Podcast, hosted by exercise scientist Georgia Very. Here, you'll find a series of honest conversations about martial arts and mental health. My guests and I explore the statement that every martial artist has heard. Martial arts saved me. How and why do combat sports save people? Listen to find out. Before you get into today's episode, I have a really important favor to ask you. So you know how we've worked out that martial arts seem to be able to save lives? Well, I want to work out how we can do that on a global scale. So I'm hosting an international conference to uncover what is best practice for trauma-informed martial arts so that we can create an evidence-based therapeutic tool. After this conference, I'm going to be able to take this document to government, lobby for funding, and create training programs to upskill more people as trauma-informed martial arts instructors. This is going to mean that trauma-informed martial arts become accessible around the world to those who need them most. It's really, really important work that I'm doing, and you can help. So please pause this episode, jump into the show notes and check out the GoFundMe page that I've linked. If you can donate, that is amazing. If you're unable to donate, please share the page to your social media. Both of those things really, really help the cause and you could save someone's life by gifting them the gift of martial arts. Okay, so I'll see you back here in a minute. Go do that and then we'll get into today's episode. Alana, welcome to the Fight Back podcast, everyone. I'm here today with Alana Sheridan. She is the founder of Warrior Woman Way, which I cannot wait to hear all about. Alana, can you introduce yourself to everyone in a little bit more detail? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm Alana. I'm the founder of Warrior Woman Way. So I started uh, Thai boxing maybe seven or eight years ago, but I found it to be uh, difficult for women to really participated in it fully. Um, so after maybe four years of, of training, I created Warrior Woman Way as an access point for women to train in a safe female-only environment to help them build, ideally to help them build the confidence to be able to go into martial arts gyms and not just kind of fitness boutiques. So how did you get started in Muay Thai? Um, it was funny. It kind of just landed in my lap. I was in university and one of my, my girlfriends was like, Hey, I'm doing this Muay Thai class with, uh, a friend I work with. Would you like to come? It's girls only. And I was like, yeah, like I'll, I'll support a female only class. Sure. And I went and we did that as a female only class for maybe eight months, but the instructor wasn't able to teach anymore. She became injured and she was a professional fighter. So when she couldn't teach me anymore, the only thing I knew was to go to the gym that she fought out of or she had fought out of. And I just kind of ended up landing in one of the UK's best fighting gyms <laughs> in East London and Bethnal Green called KO Gym. And I was terrified. I The first two times I got there, I actually got to the door and, and went home. And London's a, a huge city. So I that was a 45 minute journey. So it was like an hour and a half, just like got to the door and like, nope, can't do it. Um, and, and went back home. And that was a, a really big reason why I started Warrior Woman, because if I'd given up on the first or second try, I never would have found Thai boxing. 
Um, and I do understand how intimidating it is. Like you can kind of, I feel like the testosterone almost hits you in your face when you get to a gym like that. It was like a gritty East London, you know, under train arches gym. Um, but once I finally made it in on my, on my third attempt, uh, I just really liked the energy in there. It was very competitive and they held people accountable. So there was this idea that like, you know, if you, if you didn't show up to class, there was like, well, where have you been? And it was, it was not like a, a fancy, you know, it's not like, not like, um, it's not like most of the fitness industry where it's, you know, it's contracts and there can be a lot of pandering and they, they were strict. I'm not going to lie. They were very strict, but it was kind of like, where have you been? Like you were expected to show up a certain amount of times per week. You know, it wasn't like you can just take a week off or two weeks off, whatever for just because you don't feel like it. They were very dedicated and very, very disciplined. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I loved it there and, and I, I stuck it out. Amazing. Yeah. One of the things that you spoke about on your website for what prompted you to found Warrior Woman Way was the impact that finding Muay Thai had on on you, on your life, um, I'm reading into on your mental health. Can you speak more to that? That's kind of one of the key themes of this show, right, is why people will say Muay Thai saved me or Jiu-Jitsu saved mm-hmm. me or things like that. You hear it all the time. So what is yeah. your experience with that? So at the time I... I won't go too into details. This is a very long, complicated story. But at the time I was, I think I was 24. My dad passed away quite quickly when I was 21. Um, and that was like a, just a year after I'd moved to London. I, I, I grew up for the most of my life in Ireland. I was born in the US, but I'm, I'm half Irish and I grew up in Ireland. I moved to London at 20. My dad passed away at 21 and I was in an abusive relationship for, and there was no one to, to, I guess, get me out of it in a way, because I was in London where I had no, uh, no family and all of my friends were, were new. And I didn't have that, I guess, alpha male figure that could kind of step in and be like, I'm getting you out of this situation. Um, and I was really too young to do that for myself. So I did struggle with mental health issues for a long, a large part of my life, um, there's a yeah there's a a a long history of of mental health issues in my family my mother's bipolar my dad struggled with depression for most of his life so it was inevitable that I ended up having depression from like a very young age and I guess even that was and that was before my dad passed away so I really really struggled with my mental health and then moving to London I grew up in a in kind of a small town in Ireland um in Ireland it's considered a big town but if you're from most other countries it's small and uh, to then go from from that space into London, where people are like very very ruthless. London is, is similar to New York; it's a rat race and it's a hustle. And you know, people don't mind stepping over you to kind of get to where they need to go. It's that type of mentality, and it was just really a a massive culture shock for me. So, with all of these things kind of compounding on each other, I really didn't know what to do. So the only way I was able to deal with it at the time was to be like an over, I overworked. So, um, I was doing a part-time degree. I was working 50 hours a week. I still had to read, I was did an English literature degree. So I was working, I had three books to read a week. I obviously had to do essays and stuff like that. And then somewhere in the middle of it, I found time to do Thai boxing. <laughs> so it was just my way of being able to deal with things was just like to not have to think of it, to be so tired. I didn't have to think, I guess. And so it was, yeah, it was a very, very difficult time. And I had incredibly low self-esteem and self-worth issues. And, and having lost my parent, I was only raised by my father, not my mother. 
having lost my parent, I lost that person that kind of held me to a standard and, and held me accountable for my actions. So no one really at that point, really, I don't want to say no one cared, but in terms of like living my life as an adult, no one was checking in. Like, what are you doing? How are you doing? Like, what's going on? You know, is this the best decision for your life? Um, and Thai boxing first and foremost offered me that, like what I was speaking about, someone holding me accountable was someone was like, Hey, like, why aren't you at, why weren't you at training last week? And it just kind of felt like someone cared whether or not I showed up other than at work, obviously, cause I'm, I'm an employee, but it was like someone cared in university. Um, that didn't happen as much. I was in large classes in university of, in a university of London and there wasn't this accountability. Like no one really stepped in to ask, Hey, like, why, why do you miss class or, you know, what's going on with your grades? I was having a really, really rough time. So, so first and foremost, I think it was the community and accountability that Thai boxing offered that, that gym offered. And then I guess I had all of these ideas about myself that I'm, I'm weak or I can't do things or, um, I wasn't capable of things. I wasn't good enough to do things. And to be honest, when I started Thai boxing, it was like pretty terrible. Like it took me three months to learn how to use a skipping rope. <laughs> but, um, but just by showing up, you know, whether it was two times a week, three times a week, when I was kind of starting out, it's a really small commitment. And the, the effort that you put in, you really see the results within a matter of weeks. Like if you're going three times a week, which isn't really that much, you'll, you'll see in a month, you'll be like, wow, I can do that now. And if and the kind of the key was at four times a week, once you're going four plus times a week, you're like, wow, I'm getting a lot better. Um, and one of the big, it, it helped me then change my lifestyle. Like I used to smoke cigarettes and uh, I was so busy with university. I would just eat Burger King before I would go to class in the evening. Um, and I trained with this one guy and he was like a personal trainer, like big ripped six pack abs. And we were doing this low kick drill and he was gassing out because he smoked. And then I, and I realized then that like, you can't take cigarettes with you. Like you can do Muay Thai, you can smoke, but if you want to be any good, then you have to give up an unhealthy lifestyle. So it also then changed my lifestyle, which meant I ate better. I stopped smoking. Um, I drank more water and then, and then the rest of it was pretty much all mental. I think, you know, learning discipline, realizing that like, you know, I, I went there not being able to do any push-ups, and then you know, within a certain amount of time, I can do thirty push-ups or pull-ups, and I can go for a run, and I can spar guys, and there's all these things that you never thought that you could ever do, kind of uh, manifest in the gym. You know, it's just as long as you're consistent, and that's really all you have to do is all you have to do is show up, and the rest of it. And obviously, you have to work hard, but yeah, a big part of it was just kind of was showing up. Um, and I guess in a way it represented showing up for myself in a way where I just, I was tired and I, I didn't always want to go, but just making that, um, that effort to do something that was just for me, that it wasn't about anybody else or anybody else's opinions. It was just something that I did for myself. It was probably the first time I'd really been doing something just for myself in a really long time. So yeah, I think that was over. And then I think, and then, um, Thai boxing, uh, traditionally is about uh, displaying dominance so you always want to display dominance in the ring like you never turn your back to someone you know you stand up tall and you don't really show your weakness so like if you get low kicked you wouldn't be you don't let your leg buckle you kind of have to stand strong and it was definitely a case of fake it until you make it so I would be in class and my body language I would pretend like that I can I'm not terrified to be in the class or whatever you know and and that kind of and that changed the way I walked I used to walk looking down at the floor 
um, with my, you know, avoiding eye contact with people and just by faking it in the gym, because that's what was taught meant that I no longer walk that way. Now I walk with like, I walk straight and I can look people in the eyes. So it really just transformed me in so, so many ways. Like I could go on forever. Um, and that's why I started, I have like modules in warrior woman where it's like, okay, this module is based on self-belief. It's like the, the philosophies behind martial arts that are really important that you just don't get if you're going to like a box fit or a kickboxing fit class. Yeah, I love that segue. Let's talk about um, Warrior Women Way and how you've integrated all those things that you've learned and probably some more things into the modules. What kind of things do you teach in the program? So I, I move around with a, a few different pieces. One of them would be like an easy one is, is nutrition because it's such a big part of being a, a martial artist, regardless of whether you choose to compete or not. Um, you know, your body is something that needs good fuel. So I do the basics of nutrition. A lot of people don't know how to use, how to, how to properly read food labels. They don't understand how much sugar is in things. They don't understand how detrimental certain foods or processed foods can be in the long run. So there's like, um, I take it from very basics and other ones we dive, we can dive quite deep. Um, the, the, my mod, I do, they're based on principles that I, they're just one word principles. So it'd be like courage, belief, humility, patience, respect, discipline, uh, to name a few. So belief, we dive into belief systems and what we believe, we believe about ourselves and the things that kind of get in our way. Like, I believe I should do, I should be, you know, I should become an accountant because that's what my mom wants me to be when they actually wanted to be a dancer. And it can be, it can be deep work. And I think sometimes people aren't always prepared for it because I guess they haven't really been open to that. And it it doesn't seem like martial arts forces you to go that way. I guess people without that um, experience of, of, of true martial arts is they, they don't associate the two, but that's kind of what you're forced to do in a, uh, in a, in a, in a Thai boxing gym, in the gym I was in, where it was like, they constantly reiterated, like, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe you can win, then don't get in the ring. You have to believe in yourself when you're taking on a competition, you have to believe in yourself. And they, and it was constant. Um, and it wasn't like this deep spiritual or phys- philosophical thing. It was to, to, to the gym I was in, it was logical. It's like, why would you get in the ring? If you think you're going to lose, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, so I work around those principles and I flesh them out um, with group work and written exercises. Some of them would you share with others if you're if you're willing. And it starts with a, a basic discussion over a few things that we would cover sur- surrounding belief or courage or humility. And then we work with um, written exercises and partner exercises and just questions to help people really uh, get thinking. Another one I really love is I have people do um I've had to adapt my workshops because of the pandemic. So they used to be about three hours long and it would be an hour and a half of, or an, about an hour of where you're doing pad work and you obviously, you know, you have a partner or I would rent a gym and we would use bags and they get the whole experience of what it's like to be in a martial arts gym without all the guys. But obviously I've had to adapt that and I've made it, I made it shorter. So the exercises become shorter and we, we don't dive as deep. But one of the re- recent ones I did was you create a code of ethics which is um, kind of like the morals and principles that you hold to yourself, but just to have them written down so you can put them up and remember who you are, even I guess when it's hard to be who you believe you are. So it might be like, like I personally believe like each one teach one, when you get up a step, you reach down, you pull someone up as well. 
um, whether that's through mentoring or maybe you're maybe it's easier to give to charity, something like that. Um, I also believe in honesty. So all these principles that um, we kind of we create all day long, but just having it written and it's like a code like this is who I am and this is what I believe in. And having it written down makes it a little bit easier when you get into a situation like I believe in like in in speaking up when there's injustice, whether that's against me or another person. Um, and that's a hard thing to do because it might create friction. and You don't know how other people will react, but that's what I believe in. So having it written down makes it a little bit easier to remember that that's who I am. And when that situation occurs, even when it's hard, I will do my best to be that person. What are the kind of next steps for people doing your course? So do they do like the one session and then that goes into more sessions or do they then go join like a, a co-ed gym or a women's only dedicated gym or something like that? Like, what does that normally look like? Ideally, um, the way it's it functioned in the past. So I, I've only been in LA for about a year and most of that has been uh, the pandemic. So I had a, a, my model has shifted a little bit, but the old model was I ran workshops every ideally every month, two months, three months. Um, and sometimes it's just a fun space for women to engage in martial arts, to make connections and to just feel free. I think it's a really freeing experience to just be able to kick and punch. And I teach women how to hit hard with hundred percent of their body weight. A lot of instructors don't teach women properly. And this was another one of uh, the big reasons why I started warrior woman is, you know, they, they, some instructors will just teach women how to punch from their chest and they're not using their full body and, and women aren't competent and they think that they can't generate any power when actually that's absolutely untrue. And, you know, you can teach someone to do that in about 15 minutes if you're really good at it. Um, so that's what I focus on. And sometimes it is just the experience of letting, you know, having someone come into class and they just get to experience the power in their body. And if that's enough for them, then that's enough. Ideally, um, my vision is that like, is that they come to the, the workshops regularly and that eventually they build the confidence to go into a real martial arts gym. That's what I would hope for anyone who comes to workshops. But I understand that it's not for everyone. Some women are older. They don't want to do that. Some people are too busy. They don't want to do that. That's fine. But for people who do, I want them to understand. I want to be able to give them enough that they do go to the door and they're able to get inside the door. And, you know, and so sometimes I'll even offer, like, if you, if you're interested in a, in a martial arts gym, like, let me know, I'll go with you. Even if it's not a martial art, I do, because I understand that that's really, really hard to get in the door. And if they get a, a small percentage of what I got from Thai boxing from their martial art, then like, that's really what I'm, what the, the goal of warrior woman is, is that women are more confident in their bodies. Um, and more confident to do things that they're afraid to do. So yeah, um, that's where it was before. Now it's it's moving towards I'm I'm gonna start online classes in the spring, and and just having like an you know a shadow boxing and and fitness class because fitness is a a part of self defense as well. Overall fitness, just having the strength in your ankles and your in your joints and having a bit of flexibility and taking care of your body, and and then I'll run the discussions separately monthly for those that are interested and kind of expand it from there and hopefully I'm in LA so it's been pretty strict but I, it seems like gyms will be opening up in the next couple of months at least a small capacity so hopefully I'll be able to do in-person workshops monthly as well 
Yeah, we really feel for you guys over there not being able to to do anything at the moment. But yeah, classes, they do work better than you think. I've been teaching online for quite a while now, and a lot oh, really? of my okay. clients are still doing online classes, even though everything's open here in Australia because they like okay. being able to do it from home and you know being in a really safe environment and the amount of time that it saves. Um, yeah, so there there are some pros always to you know two sides to every coin. Um, what are some of the transformations that you've seen from women in your program? Um, one of my favorites was, so when I was in, it's funny because my, my age groups are different in, in the UK, they were close to my age, maybe a little bit older, but I would probably say it was probably, it was like 20, probably like university age moving up to maybe 35. Mm-hmm. And and that was who I who I normally worked with. And then in the US, they tend to be a little bit older. Um, but I I trained this one girl. She was she was only 14 when I, I started working with her. And she she'd done a little bit of Thai boxing before. She had a she had a Thai a Thai boxing coach. Um, but she really, really she was incredibly intelligent as well. So she had this like the way that she would analyze all of these things and ask questions. She was really, really on the ball with it. And I eventually was able to work with her enough that she was able to have her first interclub. And she went in and, and got in the ring for a first fight and I cornered her and, and she, yeah, she lost a bunch of weight. And I, when I moved, I obviously, I, I wasn't working with her anymore, but that was like a really special moment because she, Thai boxing became that thing for her that like um that peace in her life in a strange way even though it's not a necessarily peaceful sport but it's that um that big part of your life that where it really just changes you and you don't want to let go of it um so I think that was probably one of the most important transformations I've had um sometimes I've worked with women who've had uh male coaches where they're they're striking where they might have had experience um, but their striking hasn't been developed properly because I, a lot of men don't develop that properly in women. So I worked with one woman and she was a, she was a mother and her, she had gotten her son to, to start trading Thai boxing too. Um, but her son was really good and he was strong and obviously, and he was bigger than her. She was, she was very small. Um, and I worked with her a lot and eventually she was able, I was, I would have them spar together. Sometimes her, her son would, uh, separately we would do like a separate session or her son would join and they would like they would train with each other and and that was pretty fun because she was able to to actually give him way more than she had when I started working with her um and then my other one was um one girl that I worked with um and when I first when she first started coming with to warrior woman she did not like running did not like running hated it couldn't run for the bus hated fitness, just didn't really want to do anything, had, was interested in, in martial arts and self-defense, but, um, she was Muslim and, you know, the, it's, it's difficult to train with hijab. A lot of gyms just don't really understand. They're not able, you know, um, and, and for, and she also, um, for religious reasons, couldn't work very closely with men. So she really needed a, a place where she could work closely with women and not, have men involved, which is actually how I started, uh, my Thai boxing classes, because I, it was, it was, tar- it was aimed at Muslim women. So that was very, very strictly no men. It wasn't like, you know, men could even be around. Um, so yeah, so I started with her 
And I worked with her probably, probably a year, a year and a half before I moved out here. And she messaged me recently and she's been, she's running now. Like she goes for runs. She does like five kilometer runs now. And um, yeah, it was just amazing to see that like transformation of someone who's really, really committed that Thai boxing is the thing that helps them commit to themselves. You, you know, I mean, it could be any sport in a way, but for me, you know, it was Thai boxing and to be able to share that with other people where Thai boxing and that attitude and the, a lot of the, the, um, the mentality and the mindsets that I try to bring into the work helps them to make these kind of uh, permanent changes, permanent lifestyle changes that also affect, you know, mind and body. Um, yeah. So that was, I had some, some good stuff. Yeah. Those are amazing stories. And I love that, you know, people are making permanent change too at the end of it. Like in the mm-hmm. industry, that's, <laughs> that's the hardest thing, right? Especially is yeah. working with someone one-on-one that somebody's continuing to, you know, instill some of the, the, theories like the just the concepts that you worked with it doesn't matter necessarily if they're doing like Muay Thai specifically or not but that they're actually yeah making a behavior change is something that's really difficult to achieve and I think yeah when you fall in love with something or or you relearn something obviously you've made big differences yeah what's yeah, been amazing what's next for you are you it's pretty tough over in LA for, I'm guessing competing and everything like that are you now focusing more on being in that coach role that mentor role or are you still working as an athlete so both um I'm trying to I've, the pandemic has definitely given me a massive lesson in in patience and cultivating peace in my life which is I would say one of the few um downsides to sports like Thai boxing like Thai boxers have no quit especially in London there is a difference in the way that the Thai boxing gyms are are run out here but there can be an attitude and perhaps because it's a very heavily male dominated space it is this kind of like the work is never enough um and so that coupled with London I really like used to burn out quite a lot in London trying to do everything that I was trying to do um and so now I'm here and I'm trying to do things differently so I do intend to compete I haven't competed uh in two years yeah two and a half years which has been a little while but I don't feel like I'm done with that yet so there is a tournament in the U.S. in the summer that I'm hoping to that I'm kind of setting as my target I just heard about that two weeks ago so there's a tournament um that I'm hoping that I can compete in, which will be my first goal in, in fighting in the U S. So I'm, I'll start taking training very seriously in April and probably do like eight, eight weeks or so of like, um, intense training right now. I, I kind of do like, you know, a few sessions a week, but it's sometimes I don't go, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm doing enough to keep myself in the sport and to keep my, uh, to keep my skills intact basically. So I'll kind of ramp that up, uh, from next month so that's still happening and then I'm massively going to start pushing now as things start opening up to to get warrior woman launched properly in the U.S. so yeah the first thing will be the online classes um which I'll do one I'll probably do two days a week and then running the the monthly online workshops just the discussion and then hopefully within the next two months be able to have in-person workshops again um and there's also a clothing line that I had started in the UK, which I will 
bring back here as well. Um, things just, you know, small things like, like it says warrior woman or fight like a girl, just stuff that you can wear in the gym that makes you feel that just, yeah, to empower the whole thing is about empowering women. So, um, just hoodies, leggings, t-shirts, and, and the final piece is, is, uh, the, a blog, which I'm a writer, but I've never really written for warrior woman. Um, and that's something I definitely want to do. In the future, I would like to expand a lot of this. I would like there to be an app. I would like there to be a program that people can do in their homes, even if it's just shadow boxing. I was very resistant to online training just because um, there's only so much that you can get out of on- online training as far as Thai boxing goes. And of course, that means just shadow boxing. Um, but I've kind of realized that that's an essential part. And maybe that is the first stepping stone for some people. And again, it maybe it's the only stepping stone, just the same way as maybe women only come to one or two workshops and that's all that's that little piece that they need and that's all they need. And that's fine. And the same way that the online classes um, or having like a, a shadow boxing program for women that teaches women properly. That's the main thing is that I think there's a lot of, there are online programs out there, but people aren't teaching women how to shift their weight and to use a hundred percent of their body weight. We are smaller. We do tend to weigh less. And a lot of the striking techniques, like I've had people correct me and be like, Oh, you know, you need to like, you shouldn't turn your foot on a hook, Like you've got to put your, your hip into it this way. Like that's how Mike Tyson punches. I'm like, do I look like Mike Tyson? Like love him, but like, I love his fighting style. He's a monster, but I'm, I used to fight at 50 kilos <laughs> and I wouldn't even weigh 50 kilos. I would weigh 49. So I'm not Mike Tyson. I'm not built like that. Um, so yeah. So just having a program where women can really, where it's broken down and in the way that women tend to learn. Um, is kind of the next big step that I hope to complete this year too. So if it's online, then people around the world can join the programs, right? So how do people go about, yes. how do women go about doing that? So I'm at the moment, at the time I'm going to set for the online class will work for the U S and the UK. And that's the first, I, this is like a one woman show. So I'm like, I'm running warrior woman. I'm a, uh, I'm trying to still compete as a professional athlete. And I have a writing business. (laughs) So it's, it's a lot of moving pieces still, but ideally it would be a, a program where it's, uh, where you, where you can just download the program initially. And the rest, I think I would just be on YouTube so that people can access it as, and when they want it. Um, when I get the time and space, there would be an online portal on the website where people can can access it, where everyone can just go through the website. But because I'm not amazing with technology, that's not going to be the, the first thing I'll do. I have, um, I can be a perfectionist. And one of the things I learned this year was perfectionism is another form of procrastination. And I will, like Warrior Woman is still my baby. And there's parts of me that just want everything to be perfect before I put it out into the world. But that doesn't really do any service. And it also doesn't give me any feedback as to what people need, how they need it, what's good, what works, what doesn't. So the first part is is online classes, which will be, I'll just upload onto onto YouTube so that people can uh so that people can can join in and get associated with the brand and the message. And then as time allows, have an online portal where there'll be kind of like um like courses where it's like an eight week introduction to shadow boxing. And a lot of it, a big part that I would like to include is troubleshooting 
Um, I used to teach female only classes where people who were women who already did Thai boxing, maybe with me or with someone else could come and just, just to ask questions. Cause a lot of people have questions and they're the questions that you're either embarrassed to ask in class or you don't have time to ask in class. And a lot of them are very small tweaks. And again, I've been there before. So I understand, um, I understand their needs. So I would also like to have like a troubleshooting question and an online community where people can, can share their stories. Um, and the other one that I really want to do is have like an, I guess it would maybe be like an app or something where people could review gyms to, so that we could know which ones are actually female, very female welcoming, I would say, and female friendly um, so that we don't have to end up. Because I find that you can go to a, a gym and have a negative experience and then just decide that martial arts isn't for you when really it's just that one gym. But it took so much effort to get to that one gym and then you have a negative experience that you're just like, you know what, maybe it's not for me because it's easy to put yourself down. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of things, but ideally it's all on the website and an app. I think um, with the, like a forum like that, definitely try and tee up with um, Emma Thomas from Under the Ropes um, and Sylvie Von Douglas. They're two from in Thailand and they have a blog about, um, well, there's a forum which has which gyms in Thailand are more female friendly and what people have gone to. Okay. Experiences. So it'd be cool if that became like an international one, um, kind of piggybacking onto that. I'm imagining, you know, a future world where people still travel to Thailand to train and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, that yeah, 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 really hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. That would be cool. Like to, to, for that to be expanded um, would be great. And I also think it then, you know, something like that could also start holding gyms more accountable. Like I had a conversation this morning with a gym owner and you know, they were, they were concerned because they, they had trouble attracting a lot of female clients or members in the gym. And, you know, they consider themselves a female friendly gym. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand, no, like guys don't understand what it's like to enter for a woman to enter into these spaces and how they perceive it. So of course you perceive it as friendly because it's your environment and the environment has been created for you and people like you, but guys don't understand what girls go through on a daily basis constantly being aware of their surroundings, constantly being aware of, of threats, like always texting your girlfriends when you get home, like, Hey, I'm home safe. Or your friend making sure you get in your door safely. It's, you know, it seems over the top and guys never even think about it. You're like, Oh, I don't want to walk down that stairwell. There's no cameras. So let me take the elevator, even though I would rather take the stairs because I'm, you know, whatever, I'm I'm trying to get my 10,000 steps in, but it's, they don't really understand how, differently women have to live because of the threat of of men and um yeah it would be great if if things were able to change in a way where you know obviously they don't have to um fully understand it but just to have that recognition that it is a different experience and that you don't that maybe women need a little bit more encouragement than guys and that that's fine until we're able until women can feel confident to be in these spaces 50 50 because I've been in quite a few Thai boxing gyms and there's very, very few women, especially once you move into gyms that are dealing where they do have competitive athletes, which are always the gyms I've majoritively been in. There's very, very few women who are in the gym at all. And once you move into female competitors, the numbers are are really, really low. Like a few, five, three, two, like those types of numbers in good gyms. They just don't make it up to the top. And yeah, it would be nice if, if 
gyms were able to be a little bit more aware of other people's needs outside of what they see and what they experience. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, only 20 or 30, it's been in the last 30 years really that fighting became legal for women. Um, Right. in, In most martial arts, boxing, karate, you know, the sort of, across the board that was a really pivotal moment and we're we've come such a long way since then and what we just need is a lot more people like you people who are out there really pushing for equality and I think like you say it's for it to become a 50 50 thing we kind of have to have a little bit more of a bringing up the people who are underrepresented at the moment and that's not just the gender that's also for sexual orientation and that is definitely a yeah. issue for race as well in in gyms and like we've touched on that a bit already in terms of like the muslim space bringing up into combat yeah. sports so that they can access all of these transformative things that we've been speaking about but i think change is yeah. with people like you championing in it for sure hopefully yeah <laughs> uh, how can people reach you on social media if they want to connect with you so I have Instagram is mainly where I deal. I've got uh, Alana underscore Sheridan and there's also at Warrior Woman Way are the two. And then I've got my website, of course, which also has an email link to me too, Amazing. which is we'll warriorwomanway.com. Cool. We'll put the links to all of those in the show notes so you don't have to listen to it. Everyone can just go in and click on those and they okay, can cool. come and find you, join your online classes or just chat. However, people want to connect to you. I'm sure there'll be some people that want to reach out after they hear this episode. Amazing. Is there anything that you want to say, having a platform to speak to? This podcast is mostly listened to by women in martial arts or women wanting to get into martial arts. But there are like quite a few men that listen to this podcast as well. I'm quite happy to hear, actually. So, um, Yeah, there, amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Is there anything you would want to say to um, my audience, our audience today? Um, I think the only thing that's that's sticking out right now is just to 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 stick with it. I think there's a lot of there are a lot of barriers still, unfortunately, where they, it feels like a block that you can't overcome. And I've definitely been through, especially as a competitor, where it's hard to get matches. You put your heart into everything. It doesn't always materialize. And it, there's a lot of sacrifices in martial arts. And I think it is easy um, to just let it fall to the side and and not really continue. And I think, yeah, the message that's coming up is just that to, to stick with it. It really is worth it and you get out what you put in amazing all right everybody (laughs) go to one class this week if you were thinking about not going or something like that just something little thing that you can do or that is you know accessible to you at the moment with code being the way that it is but thank you so much for coming on the show Alana it's been a really great conversation thank you so much for having me no worries have you thought of something to be grateful for today what was it I'm grateful for the amazing women that train with me at the Fight Back Project. I'm grateful for Nari and the beautiful song Shape Me heard at the beginning and end of every episode. And I'm grateful for you for listening to this show and helping martial arts keep saving lives. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you'd like to leave me a review to help more people find the show, that's a bonus. shapes me but me
Don't gotta tell you what my name is, I don't gotta explain it. Walk in the room, hear a boom erupting like I'm famous. I'm here shedding shells, I'm shameless. I fear nothing, no complacence. Walk to many tight ropes with no hope, so I became this poster they hold over all the heads of trauma holders. You don't need to know my history, I move boulders. Atlas shrug, cause I lifted the weight above his shoulders. No pretense of defense, move first like chess soldiers. This goes deeper than empowerment, cause huh, I'm the one to power it. Physical meets mental challenge me to keep devouring. If I can't change the scenery, at least I change perspectives. No longer isolated, but elevated and selective. Darkest places become beautiful spaces. This is where rage meets patience, meets power, meets gracious, meets. We're so glad you came in. The feeling is contagious. When you the walking impact of intended bad intentions. When you the manifest enough collecting all their tensions. You the soul and body hold it all and still remember. But I'm a work in progress, testament to all contenders. Forgot what it was like to have control over self. Forgot what it was like to be the one in charge. Forgot in my reflection I could see all my wealth. Forgot that with my bare hands I break all these bars, barriers and obstacles. They can't cage me. They can't chronicle. All my, all my experiences and reduce them to appearances When I was truly beaten, gave myself clearances To fall down, mess up, and get myself back up I'm not looking for clovers cause I don't believe in luck Damn, you were badass, I heard them say it clearly Why thank you very much, I know now I'm not weary Of what's next for me cause I expect to see Growth like I was planted, watered, fed, and bloomed to be The positivity and accountability no one day won't step if I'm the agent of my agency. I think I found my voice again, huh? I think I found my voice again, huh? I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, you're the end where I begin. Boundaries, I know them well. Take a breath and meditate. Who is she? I know her well. Now I get to open gates. One, two, one, two. I don't need your permission. And if you get uncomfortable, then use your intuition to know that I won't stay where respect is ever missing. And everything I do, that's me making decisions. It's truly underrated the value of self worth. Forget that I was rich from the moment of my birth. A penny for my thoughts, no, really, you can't afford it. You cannot buy my story, rewrite it, or record it. You cannot buy my story, rewrite it, or record it, huh? Oh.